Howdy, and welcome to this Single Scoop episode. I'm your host, Uldar, longtime SM Entertainment fan and researcher, and today I'm going to be going over what happened at the SM Town online concert that was streamed over New Year's. This year's show was called SM Town Live 2023 SMCU Palace at Kwangya, and I'm going to be going over the keynote speech, talk about how this concert was different from last year's, explain the game that was advertised, and discuss my thoughts on all of this. As a disclaimer, I'm not going to give a blow-by-blow of the keynote speech or the concert though, so if you want to watch the approximately six and a half hour event yourself, I'll leave a link for you in my script. And if you want to see the set list and all of the notes I took, you can look at the bottom of my script, which will be linked in the description of this episode. If you haven't listened to the episode I did on the two previous concerts, I will also be leaving a link for that in the description, as I want to avoid rehashing points I've made before. With that absurdly long intro out of the way, let's jump into the keynote speech. Before the concert, there was a keynote speech called Humanity and Sustainability, Sustainability Movement. This was about what SM Entertainment has done so far regarding the environment, genre expansion, online content with a focus on concerts, and COVID. They then tied it together by discussing why SM as an entertainment company is doing all of this. For about 58 minutes, Isiman, guest speakers from academia, and a few idols discussed these topics. As mentioned earlier, I'm not going to list everything that happened, but here are a few things that I was interested in. Regarding the environment, the first point that was introduced had to do with the album packaging. NCT Dream's Jamin presented this section and talked about how Glitch Mode became the first album released by SM Entertainment to be made of eco-friendly materials. He went more in-depth by talking about how the repackage album, Beatbox, used, quote, for Stewardship Council FSC certified paper, easily biodegradable soybean oil ink, and was applied with eco-friendly coat paper, unquote. I found this to be interesting because it directly affects K-pop consumers. A few albums released in 2022 from SM had options like getting either the standard album or the Digipack version. Aside from the eco-friendly materials, the Digipack was smaller but still included a CD, images, credits pages, and a photo card. In the long term, I think this is great because it lets fans choose albums that have either all the bells and whistles or is easier to store, made of eco-friendly materials, and doesn't lose the essential components of a physical copy. While I hope this catches on, I'm also curious about the difference in deterioration. Like, will these new eco-friendly albums hold up for 20 years when not kept in a standard indoor environment? I'm not worried about the CD so much as the packaging, as a few years ago I had a deal of ink coming off of papers that had been left in a garage for over a decade. And just going off of how first-gen fans deal with getting merch, this could be a problem in 20 years and lead to people making replicas, but as there are probably more copies of fourth-gen albums in circulation, I doubt that this would be as big of a deal for future Future fans. However, on the flip side of that, if these albums are meant to deteriorate faster because they're not made of plastic, then that could be a solution to the bulk by dumping issues that have been more common in recent years. Regardless, I think it's a good step forward and I really hope eco-friendly alternatives for physical album copies like this become a standard in the industry and not just with SM that does acknowledge they've got a long way to go with this. The second topic I want to talk about is SM's tree planting campaign. 
This was heavily emphasized throughout the keynote and is another connection to the environmental efforts the company wants to pursue. The idea is that outdoor concerts for SM artists would include tree planting events. Since K-pop has a lot of fans all over the world, this would mean that a lot of trees worldwide would be planted. Isamon brought up that it would be cool to have events like these and then a few years later attendees could go back and see the work they did. Tree planting in particular was chosen because a hundred years from now, people might not know or care about the singers of today, and SM might not exist by that time, but at least some of the trees planted today would probably still be there and live on as a testament to the people of today. I genuinely like the idea of this, but I'm curious as to how they would go about accomplishing this. Like, would these be special events or standard? As someone with allergies, I'd have a hard time participating, so how many concerts would someone like me have to sit out? Also, since this would involve interacting with local businesses and possibly governments, would there be a division of SM dedicated to tree planting? Again, I think this is great, and as this is probably in the early stages of planning, I'm sure they've got a lot of details to iron out before offering these kind of events. The final point from this keynote speech that I want to highlight is why SM as an entertainment company is pursuing green initiatives. Isuman plainly stated that by taking these steps now, they're potentially saving their industry in the future because... People aren't going to want to spend money on leisure if their planet becomes uninhabitable. And as a number of industries are trying to shift to being more eco-friendly due to consumer demand, SM doesn't want to be left in the dust. However, there's a reason why an entertainment business being involved in big issues like this is important. Entertainment can be very influential, whether it be through music, movies, or even celebrities. Two of the professors from Penn State University who were guest speakers for this brought up that by using K-pop to prioritize, quote, stories and themes that focus on renewal, unquote, this could influence people by supporting, quote, a cultural ethos of reckoning with the climate crisis and not ignoring it, unquote. In addition to them, guest speaker Jay Chun Cho got to the heart of this by bringing up how academic papers maybe get a few dozen views by people in their field of science, but art is well known to countless people. Exo Suho was asked about this, and he talked about how he tries to be a good influence on his fans. As an idol, he's aware that his actions could affect someone beyond just what they do with their wallet. Isumon expanded on this by talking about how SM's theme for this year would be about inspiring people to get involved with helping the environment through activities such as tree planting. This means that music released from SM would have that sort of messaging. However, at the time of this recording, NCT 127's AO has just dropped and it's got nothing to do with this. So I highly doubt we'll be seeing every title track released this year from SM being about the environment. And even though Isumon mentioned the past during the speech, I think he really minimized how, especially with their first idol group, SM Entertainment was in the business of using music and idols to speak on social issues. There are a lot of companies where it's obvious that they're just doing donations or outreach for good publicity in the short term, but I think it's less gimmicky for SM to be doing it now because of past releases from groups like HOT, who he mentioned offhandedly during his speech. But do I think we're going to see groups like Red Velvet cuss out oil companies as HOT would have? 
No, I think that sort of violently charged call to action from K-pop idols was abandoned a long time ago. Now, all of this talk is nice, but considering the feud that's going on right now between Isuman and SM Entertainment, it's possible that all of these plans will be thrown out and continued or future actions proposed during the keynote speech will be voided. But that's all I wanted to discuss regarding the keynote speech, so on to the concert itself. This time, the concert was about 4 hours, which was roughly the same length as last year's. However, instead of 39 songs, this year's had 60. They were able to achieve that time by cutting out all of the short clips they had in the previous concert, which meant that this event didn't have a storyline, which I was kind of sad about. For most groups, they had a live audience, which was nice to see because sometimes they'd show off the crowd and how neat their light sticks were, but they didn't do this equally, and I think they gave the wrong impression of fan club sizes. Not to call out any in particular, but some performances got wide sweeping shots, while others didn't show any footage that fans were present unless you saw the behind the scenes video. However, there's one group I think couldn't have a live performance because of their promotion schedule, and I assume the collab stages weren't live for that reason as well. Also, Yoo Young Jin didn't make an appearance, which I was disappointed by because his 30th debut anniversary is this year, and he's the oldest semi-active vocalist in the company. Unfortunately, the type of music he's perfect for isn't popular these days, and I think he barely missed the boat for it during his original singing days, so I doubt we'll ever see promotions from him again outside of one-off collabs he doesn't appear on screen for. Getting back to the concert, another difference is that Shotaro, Sungchon, and the three SM rookies acted as MCs. I think this was supposed to be an opportunity to see them all together before their group officially debuts, allegedly, this year. And because of this change, the awkward introductions by artists didn't happen. As for the music itself, on SM's YouTube channel, they've got a playlist for some of the performances, but it's not complete and it's out of order from the actual set list for the concert. Hopefully in the future they make a giant playlist with every song in order because I like how the concert transitioned from dance to ballad, solo artist to groups, and all that. But there are about a dozen songs I want to discuss because either they're new or I just want to talk about them. I'm going in order of appearance just to keep things organized. The first one I want to talk about is the title track for the winter album and the first one presented. The Cure basically sums up the points made during the keynote and encourages people to think of themselves as a remedy that can change the direction the world is going. The music video shows idols of various groups and generations singing in different settings. But to me, the song itself is very bland, and the only thing that makes it stick out are the vocals, as the idols featured in this song each have distinct voices and styles, because otherwise it would not be memorable at all. I looked on Melon because the lyrics felt like something Yoo Young Jin would do, but he's not listed in the credits, even though his page links to it. Instead, a ton of other people are listed who I would have expected something better from. Unfortunately, I think it's very possible that this will be the only song about the environment that's released from SM this year. The next song I want to talk about is the eighth one that was performed during the concert. Hot and Cold was performed by Kai, Jeno, Sulgi, and Karina. It's a funky track, and I thought this combination of idols was kind of fun. This song is on the SM Town Winter album as well. After this song, the next song to be performed was Beautiful Christmas. 
is the second title track for the Winter album and is a collaboration between Red Velvet and Espa. I'm not really a fan of Christmas songs, but I thought they worked well together and I wouldn't mind seeing another release from them. However, the collaboration for the 12th song was a pleasant surprise as covers of H.O.T. and Cocteau solo songs tend to be hit or miss nowadays. Cocteau was joined by Super Junior's The Olwuk to sing Polaris, which was Cocteau's solo debut song back in 2001. Obviously, they're both talented vocalists, but I don't recall there being a song with just them before. Also, Conkta was playing on a white grand piano, and there were also a few violins and a cello on stage, which fit perfectly. Side note, whoever decided that Liowuk should wear white while Conkta should wear black clearly understood the assignment. After this song, Kangta, Yesong, Suho, Tail, and Nonjun performed Happier. This ballad and combination of voices was soft and beautiful. I would have never thought of this mix of idols because I don't recall seeing them all working together for something like this before, especially Kangta, Yesong, and Tail, but they worked really well together. However, I was especially surprised with Suho, as I tend to think of EXO vocalists as mainly being members like Chen, Baekhyun, and Dio, but I feel like Suho really shined here. This song is also on the Winter album, but I hope we get to see them promote together even as a temporary subunit in the future. Another song on the Winter album is Time After Time, performed by Boa, Wendy, and Ningning. It's got a classy jazz club feel to it that I feel sets it apart from other songs on the album. The 18th song to be performed was Eyes on You by Kangta. This was from his album released last year, and the main thing I want to comment about is that for once at a winter concert, he wasn't wearing a peacoat or a sweater. He had a leather jacket, a t-shirt, and there was a chain on his pants. It was such a nice change, and it's good to see him dancing again. Jumping to the 25th song, Chanyol, Mark, and Winter performed Yours, and Raiden was there as well playing guitar, which was a nice touch. This concert also included Zoo, which is probably my favorite collab of SM artists in recent years. Taeyong, Jeno, Yangyang, Giselle, and Hendry performed this, and I'm thrilled to see it again. The 32nd song to be performed was Super Junior Sorry Sorry. I'm not much of a fan of this song, but being able to hear the members singing over the autotune made it so much better in my opinion. It was also during this performance that I noticed how important the lighting was because they were able to take the same stage but drastically change the mood, and I really respect that. Another delightful surprise during the concert was the debut lineup for NCTU performed The Seventh Sense, which was nice because I haven't seen that in a while. Ten and Taeyong also later performed Baby Don't Stop, which I wasn't expecting either. The final track I want to mention is Hope, because before I heard this year's myself, I was warned by an HOT fan that it was disappointing, but in my opinion, not much changed from last year. If anything, after going back and rewatching both this year's and last year's, I think I was too harsh in what I said last time. My opinion started to change after making some observations on NCT Dream's response to Candy, but that's something I'm still thinking about and I don't have a good conclusion to discuss yet. However, I do think Hope would have been better if on Changmin's high note, they layered it with Kangtas like Taeyeon and Jessica did in The Boys, but that's all I wanted to discuss with the main concert, so I'm moving on to the DJ after party. This part of the concert took about an hour and a half, and compared to previous concerts, this year's only featured Hyo, Raiden, Ginjo, Marvista, Imlay, and Johnny. 
Compared to last year, it didn't feel like a drag, which I think the shorter time helped with, but what I liked the most about this section was that each set had a different personality. Like, Hyo included a mix with SNSD's Tell Me Your Wish, Marvista's set was cheerful, and Imle seemed shy but was being hyped up by the dancers. All of the sets had dancers who would sometimes be doing the original dance for the song, freestyling, or even hyping up the DJs. This year, the DJ After Party ended it on Johnny, and his set felt like a good way to end things. However, I have one more note to make before wrapping up. During the concert, there were multiple commercials, not just for the Kwangya store, which is just the SM store but rebranded, but also an SM Town video game. It was advertised as being a game where your three quests are to visit different zones for each current SM artist, collect digital light sticks, and to visit the Kwangya store, but they didn't really say anything more than that. I decided to check it out and to my utter disappointment, I found that it's actually a small part of a game slash site called The Sandbox, which involves crypto, NFTs, and all that jazz. As someone who doesn't have any interest in that stuff, I was pretty disappointed and only realized what it was after I made an account and had trouble accessing the game, which was when I decided to Google help for it. Suffice to say, I didn't proceed any further, so apologies, but I don't know any more about it. I have no idea if they offered NFTs or required crypto for any transactions, but even if they didn't and just used that platform, I'm still disappointed. Don't even get me started on how they want you to do the verification. I put a screenshot in the script for y'all because I thought it was wild. Mind you, I probably wouldn't have been as annoyed with it if I hadn't just seen the keynote speech. Also, in the commercials for it during the concert, Isumon was just talking about Kwangya, not giving a hint about any of this at all, so just a heads up. Okay, so to wrap up this long-winded single scoop, which, okay, so it's not that long, but to me, it feels like it's really long. For the most part, I enjoyed this year's SM Town online concert. The keynote speech greatly interested me because it said a lot about the direction Isuman wanted SM to go in, but as of right now, it's hard to say what from it will be realized, and I enjoyed the performances from the oldies but goodies to the unexpected collabs, and I really hope they do another one next year. But that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Links for everything are in the description and in the script. Until next time, annyeong!